Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Hey, League of Wildness, Wildman Dan here. Welcome to the episode. And before we dive in, I just wanted to give you guys a quick reminder that there are 16 days remaining in our Kickstarter for the Ruck Backpack. I'm super psyched on this product. I was in Vietnam about a month ago, side by side with the manufa- with our manufacturing partner, working on all those final details. They're going to make it awesome. It carries weight like nothing else out there. Just it hugs your body. It fits so well. And I think it's the best rucking experience out there. So check it out. We've got just over two weeks remaining and I think you guys are going to love it. And on that note, let's dive into the episode. Hey, what's up League of Wildness? Wildman Dan here. Welcome to another episode of the Live Wild or Die podcast. And I want to start this podcast out by saying, guys, I don't care if you buy our products. I don't care. I don't care if you buy our products. I care if you use our products. And this, uh, this would be a great tweet, right? But this came from, uh, I was running the other day. Typically in the morning, I'll go out, I'll ruck, I'll run. But I was out doing my morning trail sesh with Doug, the friendly beast. I love saying that. And uh, I just, I was listening to a business podcast. I don't remember which one, but this thought just came to me of, you know, I don't care if you buy our products. I care if you use our products. And essentially what I'm really saying is I care if you buy our products and use our products. You know, there's been a handful of times where we'll get an email, we'll get a DM on Instagram, whatever it is, of someone that they bought something sometimes even years ago they're like I got this off Kickstarter and I've never used it until now that actually was a bit we got a lot of those during COVID actually when COVID kind of exploded in like what was that March April of 2020 there's a lot of folks that were kind of getting out the monkey bars too for the first time and uh yeah it just I had this thought on the trail it made me think like I don't as a business owner you can kind of get so sucked into the minutia, the balance sheets, the profit loss statements, statements, all those things that they're these necessary evils to being a business owner and entrepreneur. But you know, just that thought. So I had that initial thought of, I don't care if you buy our products. I care if you use our products. And basically it made me think as a business owner, there's this, you can be conflicted as a business owner, whereas you have to sell the thing. You have to do that to exist as a business. You have to make money to exist as a business. It's not saying you have to, if you want to take a different route, but if you want to be a business, you just, you have to make money or else you're not going to exist for very long. And listening to this podcast and just kind of reflecting, it made me think that we'd be considered a super successful business based purely on our sales, right? So we could be doing hundreds of millions of dollars, which hopefully it's obvious we're not doing that much. Um, Not that I'm opposed to that by any means, but we're certainly not at that level. But we we would get judged as a business purely based on our sales. But I just wanted you guys to know kind of how I'm judging the business and how I'm thinking about it is I'm certainly considering sales and all those things. But to me, it's like, I want to make products 
that people use. And if we don't, we're essentially just mailing garbage around the world, which that sucks. I don't want to do that. So that's, uh, that's something that was conjured in my mind from a morning trail sesh. And kind of to riff off of that a little bit, I was looking at some survey results. I got to give a shout out to the wild man, John Gertz, who is a bit of a data wizard, it turns out. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know, you get these surveys. There's all these different responses. You can, you, how did I say this before? I could see it, but I didn't understand it. That's kind of what it was. So basically what the wild man, John Gertz said was he organized the responses from the survey. And the two questions that he really thought stood out were, what do you most hope wild Jim will help you achieve? And essentially 80% of respondents. So 80% of people that responded said what you most hope wild Jim will help you achieve is to feel more healthy overall. And then kind of the follow-up question to that or a secondary question to that is what do you most hope wild Jim will focus on next to help you achieve your goals? And almost a wow, this was almost a hundred percent. This is like 90, 95% of respondents said introduce a daily workout program based on the wild gym products and principles. And just to be clear on that question, we could have made that a little bit more specific, but that would be something where essentially we would release the new wild gym app with this daily workout program. And there would definitely be a paid element to it. But I think that's something where as we evolve as a business, as a brand and really as a community and like this, kind of like decentralized wild gym. If you think about like, we're actually a, how would you uh, describe that? How would I articulate that? We're kind of like this decentralized collection of people that are literally wild gym members, but how we define a gym is quite different maybe from a lot of other folks. So that was, that was really interesting to see. So for those of you listening your feedback's super important for something like that. So again, the question was, what do you most hope Wild Gym will focus on next to help you achieve your goals? Almost, it's like 90, 95% of people said, introduce a daily workout program based on the Wild Gym products and principles. So, would love to hear you guys elaborate on that more. And then secondary to that, I, the next three are more or less the same, but the next most popular answer, which was maybe 55, between 55 and 60% of respondents said, develop a range of more accessible products. That question actually, I think, can be left up to interpretation a little bit. So to me, there's two ways you could define, develop a range of more accessible products. It could be price point. So a more quote unquote accessible price point. And the second would be, how accessible are they physically? Are they something like a monkey 360? That's, you know, there's people that have severe injuries that use monkey 360 people in wheelchairs. There's people with some real challenges that still get after it with 360. So there's kind of one end of the spectrum. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have noggins who's a wild man 
and can get after it hardcore with 360. So that product, I would say, is very accessible from like a physicality standpoint. Price point, maybe not. Maybe it's uh, a little on the higher end. So again, that's something, basically what, what we need to do is qualify these questions a little bit further, but you guys listening, you guys are the dedicated League of Wildest members, so I'd appreciate hearing your thoughts as well. And then, this is interesting, this might may or may not be interesting for you guys, but as far as what do you most hope Wild Gym will focus on next? So again, the by far the resounding 95% said introduce the daily workout program. Number two was develop a range of more accessible products. Number three was maybe like 5% behind was introduce an incremental wild achievement program. And then beyond that is keep building the league of wildness through regular challenges. And then maybe like 20, 25% said host in-person wild outdoor events. We did. We did the monkey venture in 2017 where we, it was like 15 of us or so. It was, it was a Kickstarter reward for monkey bars too. We went out to Lofoten, which is this Arctic chain, Arctic archipelago. Archip- is that how you say it? It's like this chain of islands in Northern Norway. It's extremely wild. Very, it's just like a magical place. It feels like the first time I went there was in February. So the days just had this really dreamlike experience to them. Just the sun's really low. And it's just, there's one day we went out to the very end of the archipelago and archipelago. And uh, it just, it felt like the end of the earth. So that's how, how I've always described it. But kind of what I've been marinating on a little bit is back to the first question. What do you most hope Wild Gym will help you achieve is it's, you guys said, feel more healthy overall. You know, and I think certainly you can get in awesome shape with the Wild Gym ecosystem. You can get in awesome shape with just your body weight. You could get in awesome shape with a rock and a log. You know, you just, you don't need anything special. It's really just doing the work consistently, right? But I've been thinking about marinating on that feel more healthy, feel feel more healthy overall. And just how can wild gym evolve to fit that need? You know, I think about, I think Kim and I, you know, we love this stuff. It's what we eat, drink, sleep, constantly exploring these new concepts, ways to just live healthier and live wilder. But I wonder if what keeps coming to, what keeps coming to mind is basically just sharing more of like the lifestyle side of it. For example, I love these shoes, Vivo barefoot shoes, but I don't ever really talk about them. I wear them in videos and stuff, but they're awesome shoes. We don't have any sort of affiliation with them, but the moment I switched to a more minimalist shoe, essentially all my foot and lower leg issues went away. And it, let me qualify that. It wasn't like an overnight panacea. Everything's all of a sudden, you know, you go barefoot and you know, it's all milk and honey. That's not what happened. But basically 
going, and this was when I was in college. I, I think I bought a pair of Nike Freeze after, it was after my sophomore year of college. I had horrible shin splints. And um, that summer I bought a pair of Nike Freeze and it, I never had issues ever again since that time. But what it did, what the minimalist shoe did was it kind of, one, it forced me to run a little bit differently. So I didn't heel strike anymore, landed more on my mid forefoot. But it also forced me to land just softer in general. Kind of just, it changed my stride. And that kind of went in conjunction with doing a little bit of research and the type of training type of running I was doing. But it definitely helped. (laughs) Another thing that comes up a ton is just it's nutrition and diet, whatever, however you want to qualify that. But it's such a, the nutrition thing, man, is even when I was like a personal trainer, strength coach, that was something, I guess it was hard for me to communicate because it was something that was, I guess, very intuitive to me from a, I guess, very early age. You know, I've always felt like I ate really well. Like I remember it's maybe in middle school or high school. I just, I saw an article about soda being bad for you and basically just stopped drinking soda. And I still, you know, maybe I'll have one or two sodas a year type of thing, if that. But nutrition for me, I guess, has always been very intuitive. And I know there's also, there's for sure some psychological aspects to it as well that, I guess I've just never felt like I had that level of expertise to really go deep into it. Cause it's, it's almost more of like an opinion for me. However, I would say there are kind of these first principles that if you follow those, you're going to be in a really good spot. And to me, they're extremely simple. It's just eat real food, eat meat, eat fruit, eat vegetables. You know, the processed food thing, read the labels. Like you can't understand, you can't even pronounce half the stuff that's in these things now. The processed oil thing, the um, industrial seed oils, like I need to actually do a little bit more research on my own of that, but I just find it interesting that basically they're in pretty much every packaged food and even not, it's like, Man, like you're you buy a pack of macadamias from Whole Foods and they're covered in canola oil. You know, is canola oil the devil? I don't really know, but I do know it's in that and a lot of other industrial seed oils are in a lot of processed foods. So I think it's just something to recognize more than anything. So what I'm kind of riffing on, what I'm thinking about is just how Wild Gym can continue to evolve and be more of that health promotion resource. My wife, my wife keeps saying, you know, people want to know what you do, talking to me. And I guess maybe I, um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I have that imposter syndrome of, well, why does anyone care what I do? It's, it's maybe not even relevant to them, which to a degree... I guess I wouldn't say it depends on who you are. If if you're new to fitness, you probably don't need to, nor would you want to do the types of workouts that I do specifically on like a workout 
perspective. And it's probably mainly just because we have different goals. But I think the thing to consider as well, and also just when you consume fitness content, training content, one thing to really, really keep in mind is if you see someone that's jacked out of their mind, the probability is that their training age or the time that they've been training is quite long. And essentially what that means is they've got years on you to build up this foundation that they can launch their training from. So it's, it's like, (laughs) it's paradoxical in the sense of like the really fit people that we get most of our training content from, like where they are in their fitness journey might not be where you are. So it's just, you know, I would caution you to just take, take your fitness content with a grain of salt. And, um, I do try and, what I try and do is take the principles that I've learned over, you know, I started working out really. I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade. I bought this book. I loved, I all, I wanted to be in the NHL. That was my dream in like fourth grade. And I bought this conditioning for hockey book and essentially I, I would, I like installed a pull-up bar at the door of my childhood bedroom had like dumbbells I got from my parents and would like sprint up the stairs, do all these workouts. So my training age is like, so I'm 37. I was maybe 10 or 11. So what's that? 27 years. That's crazy. So think about if you're just starting, like it's just, it's, we're coming from very different worlds, but the principles remain the same, but the implementation will vary greatly. So I'm going to wrap it up on that note. Thanks for tuning in. It's again, it's just good to get back on the mic. And this is an episode really I put out because I want to hear back from you guys. What's your reaction to this? What are you guys thinking? How can Wild Gym continue to evolve and be more of that, not just a fitness resource, but really a health resource? All right, guys, much love. See you out there.